I guess, um, let me get rid of this uh, lozenger first. <laughs> Just do that right into the mic. Wow. <laughs> Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to the Vandal Trung Curious World Podcast. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Finest Kind Tea Mixers and Modifiers. Check out their new website, their new revamped website, which has uh, it showcases some brand new flavors like green tea, hibiscus honey, oolong tea, ginger root. You can also find uh, recipes not only for beverages but also foods um these mixers and modifiers are great for uh, applications of salads and cooking and things like that check out some new kick-ass press that they've received and you can read about the story of the lombard family merchants who raped and pillaged all new england uh i'm kidding of course finest kind tea mixers and modifiers are handcrafted in the lovely state of maine please check out their new website finestkindtea.com Great products, lovely people, and uh, check them out. I love them. They're great. Today's guest is Meg Wilhoyt, who is an editor, a music blogger, and uh, an organist. Am I saying that right? If an organist is somebody that has organs, I mean, that's what I think of. She's an organ player. I'm probably screwing this up already. Uh, she um, She's a member of the band Faulkner Detectives. And she has her uh, she has her own her own thing as Death of Codes, which is uh, kind of like her Trent Reznor. She's doing everything. Um, how would I describe Meg? I would describe Meg as the person that you aspire to meet when you move to New York. Um, she's bright and warm and funny and and curious and. I've never known her to be in a bad mood, which is remarkable. It's uncanny. Uh, she and I were actually roommates uh, together many, many moons ago on the uh, Upper West Side. And um, you know, I hadn't seen her in years. I mean, we exchanged some emails here and there. Um, but, you know, one thing that I, I was, um, that I thought about, you know, going into this uh you know, recording this podcast was, you know, you know where she was in her life, you know, because you can only pick up s- fragments of um, somebody's uh, perspective through emails or, or, you know, without the face-to-face. And um, it's strange that I feel like we're closer now than we were, than we lived together as roommates. Uh, I think that it has a lot to do with where we are in our own lives, you know, currently. Um, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to leave you with this quote, and um, then we'll get right into this conversation. Uh, no man steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river, and he is not the same man. It's Hercules. And uh, I truly believe that. 
And uh, maybe Meg isn't the same person. I know I'm not the same person from uh, from all those years ago. Uh, I like to think I'm evolved, but uh, but we'll see. Anyway, I'm gonna fade you out to uh, her her musical persona, Death of Coats. This is Crystal Church. Enjoy this, and then uh, then we'll get right into the conversation. Trust me, I have like so many restrictions on my diet. Um, I totally get that. Like, like what? 
I can't eat eggs. They just destroy me. I, dairy is bad. Dairy's always been bad ever since I was a little baby. Uh, and I'm avoiding wheat. Um, so I'm basically avoiding inflammatory foods. Does that include beer? It does. I'm not drinking beer. I am drinking like vodka and stuff. <laughs> come on, I'm not gonna like give up drinking. That's what I always think when I think about cleanses and stuff. Like, I, know. I was like, oh my god, is that, can, can I drink? Can I drink well, alcohol? I, I this started as a cleanse, and I, yeah, I spent a month not drinking caffeine or alcohol, and I felt great at the end of it. But of course, as soon as it was done, I was drinking again. <laughs> Which was harder for you? Uh, the caffeine. Yeah, me too. Yeah. In caffeine. fact, I, I get a little... Do you, do you drink ca caffeine now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I get, don't you get a little suspicious of people who live in New York who don't drink coffee? <laughs> I know. I'm like, really? What the fuck's wrong? Like, how? How How's are it? you doing yeah. that? Yeah. You know what I found out? Most of those people, like, take naps. Right. And if I like, had my own office, <laughs> you take a nap? I would totally take a nap in the middle of the day. But, Yeah. Well, the, like the liquor or, or alcohol, I don't know, do you consider wine? I guess wine's part of yeah, the family yeah, too, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah, I could do without it. It's just, it just kind of sucks, but like, I don't know. I feel like and caffeine in certain part, certain aspects is actually good for you. Right, and, yeah. You know, it yeah. stops, well, I've been, I've read that it slows down, slows down Parkinson's and... Right, um, yeah, exactly. Well, and there are things about wine that are like, oh, this is good for you. It's really good for your heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, one bottle a day. <laughs> <laughs> that I've read, like, and then there was this, like, study uh, recently about, uh, about like, um, the health benefits of beer. It's like oh, all, right. all right. these guys were, like, going to, like, yeah. oh, beer is good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I missed beer at first, and I don't miss it anymore. I actually don't miss beer at all. Wow. Because it always made me feel really full. Um, and I, I never feel full anymore. That's the weird thing about, you know, that like feeling of like just being like really, really full when you're not eating like dairy and wheat and stuff. Oh, like, right. You never, I mean, I at least, unless I have like a steak, I never feel like full, but and I'm kind of gotten used to that and I like it now. So anyway, eating is about like being healthy now. But one thing that I noticed though, like, so Watching TV really is kind of difficult when you're trying to. Uh, not yeah, I shouldn't say difficult. No. You're definitely more. I'm more aware mm. of like commercials. Because right, like, right. it's just everything is cheese. Everything's got like globs of cheese. Everybody's having fun at, a, at like a yes. like a Bud Light commercial. Everybody's like <laughs> the time of their life. And I'm just like, what? I know. Yeah. Like you see, like pizza is something I really miss. And I can't like eat hardly anything that's in pizza. You know, there was a time uh, when I was in college, maybe like, like post-college where you're, you know, you think you're so self-important. Right. I just like, <laughs> I was so fed up with people eating pizza that I'm just, just like, oh, I'm not going to eat pizza. Because <laughs> right. you, know, you see those like people at, like late at night, yes. just like eating one slice and like yeah. eating and like puking. I'm just like, fuck this. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> do you remember the first time we met? I had been eating. I've been doing the New York thing of like not eating all day. And so I grabbed a slice. We were meeting at like nine with Alva. And, uh, and I was eating a slice, walk, like running there, and it was so hot, the cheese had fallen and melted onto my jeans. And I walked <laughs> into the bar and I'm like, hi, I'm Meg, I'm gonna go wash this cheese off my jeans. I don't remember that. What? Yeah, it was like at a bar. Or no, no, that was, must be the second time we hung out or something. Because we met when I came to look at the apartment. Right. And then, uh, is that when, is that like when the three of us may have hung out or? Yeah, it was like, 
it was like a you know let's the new roommates get together and like get to know each other and and you were just dropping cheese on yourself <laughs> I was just dropping cheese man that apartment was so fun I mean, yeah, I, mean, I uh, Alva, if you're listening, we're, we were yeah, kind of bummed. Know. We're kind of bummed that you didn't want to reunite the team when you were here. But <laughs> you of didn't course... want to invite us to the Ritz? Come on. <laughs> Next time you're at the Ritz, give us a call. <laughs> no, that was, I mean, I feel like we were just like a sitcom waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, waiting to happen. When I would tell my friends, like, oh, yeah, I'm living with this Vietnamese-American guy and this Irish girl, they're like... Is that a sitcom? I want to watch that sitcom. I loved your, uh, I loved your desk. You like yes. your, <laughs> Which was practically on my. Yeah, bed. Meg's desk was uh, was the edge of her bed, and That's right. the, she used the edge of her bed as her seat. That so wasn't like, the only apartment I did that in either, because my rooms were always so small. Those were practical. Yeah, yeah, New York made me practical, definitely. Yeah. So forget you. Uh, you went to FSU, right? I did go to FSU. What? That's also the um, alma mater of Burt Reynolds. Am I correct? <laughs> I have no idea. You don't know that? They don't really parade that around? I, I thought that would be like a common thing. Well, you know, FSU is actually like a world-class like college. They don't mean What's so, like... Burt Reynolds is world-class? <laughs> You're like, what are you saying about Burt Reynolds? <laughs> Um, or I should say university. Yeah, I, I I bet he did. I could imagine. I'm pretty sure he did. He talks like someone who went to FSU. So. What does that mean? Like chewing know. gum all the time? His accent. I don't know. Every time I think of Burt Reynolds, I just think of Norm MacDonald. Doing means, yeah. Burt Reynolds. I'm like, I can't actually remember what Burt Reynolds <laughs> Chewing gum seen. and the, the mustache is like kind of wisping away off from his face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was that one he was in, Burt Reynolds, with that little kid? Cop and a Half? I think it was called Cop. Was that him? I thought that was Henry Winkler. No, maybe. Oh, no, Henry Winkler directed it, I think. Yeah. God, how do I know that? <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Remember, that was like the era where you have like a, uh, like a fading star and you team them up with like a kid yes. or a monkey right. or a dog. <laughs> or a dog or a robot. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like what, as an actor, what you have to look forward to yes. in your. Twilight. Are you still acting? I am, but it's it's changed a little. I mean, uh, you know, I graduated from when I graduated. I kind of moved from like doing my own projects, and then so now I do a lot of uh, I do stand up actually. Oh, nice! Yeah. I gotta come see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, cool. um, it 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 was kind of a weird thing where I started doing these open mics at a lot of a lot of black clubs actually. Oh. I've done uh, um, some gigs uh, in in Harlem, uh-huh. and I did some in Philadelphia. Oh, and, nice. Um, cool. It's just, yeah, it's uh, it's weird mm-hmm. in the sense that I come from a, like, it's just a, a, a theater background, and I'm doing, I really am doing it for fun. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, I'm very serious about it, right. but I'm doing it for fun, and I guess kind of see, see, I guess, okay, I'll, I'll backtrack. It's, it's interesting for me because from, as an actor, you know, everybody wants to break out and they don't want to be pigeonholed. Yeah, you know? yeah It's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to be just the girl I don't want right. to be just like the black guy yeah. but in comedy it's actually I find it's the opposite right so like yeah you want to hone in on that right so like yourself. the guy comes up there and he goes like oh I'm the nerdy f- you know I'm such a nerd I can't get laid right and then the black guy goes up there and he starts humping the stool right like, yo I'm so horny yo <laughs> or like you know the you know like the the, the Asian girls up there and like oh, right. I got a tiger mom I actually can like kind of predict what they'll do right like kind of right. and, and it's like 
Yeah. It's like the performers kind of simulate into that mold. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of weird for me. Um, well, my. I, I, it's my uh, so my act is kind of it's very black centric only because that's kind of <laughs> I fell in and that's kind of my comedy too but right. uh, like I don't even talk like this it's weird it's like a really? I guess it's kind of a mask I'll admit yeah, it's kind yeah. of a mask that I put on that's just fine. because that I yeah. just when I go up there Lots of but it's a yeah it's a weird dichotomy how it's like such a inverted world and, mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. uh, so. <laughs> Funny story. So, so, <laughs> so my name can be unique, whether it's Van or Vandeltrong. Uh-huh. And so there's one guy was uh, he uh, was supposed to introduce me, uh-huh. and uh, he said, uh, "I said, well, just say, you just you can just say Van. Like Van's yeah. fine." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "What? Yeah, just like like the like this like the the thing you drive." He said, "All right, man, got it." So just Van, like. Yeah, that's fair. Like, really, it's fine. Right. So he goes on stage. He goes, "Hey, man, this is my main man. You seen him in every, you know, you seen him up in Harlem. You seen him in Philadelphia. Right. You right. seen him in Comic View." I was like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, "You seen my Carolines?" And I realized he was just stalling because he just didn't remember my name. And then he went, "And you know, bringing up my man, him." Oh <laughs> I was like, no! What? That's it. <laughs> Van is so easy to remember. It's but it's so it's easy but it's so. Bizarre, I because think, it's for, like you know, in the English speaker's mind, you think they're just think, thinking of the car or something. Yeah, well, Van usually get Sam or really? Dan. Sam and Dan is usually I get a lot. Oh, interesting. Like your name, I'm sure you get like. Yeah, no, I get at Starbucks. I always get May. I say Meg. Has anybody ever asked you to spell Megan? They well, because I never say my full name, which is actually Meg Ann. Because it's M E G H A N N, so I always say Meg. Even I've never though, seen with two ends though. Is that yeah? It's actually I found like people on Facebook will friend me just because <laughs> our names both have the two ends. Um, but yeah, it's from the Thornbirds. My mom named me after Meggie in the Thornbird, and Meggie was my name for like the first twenty for twenty one years of my life, and uh, and then I decided to go to Meg because it's not really pronounced Megan. It's Megan. Wow, that's it's deep, right? Yeah, make, make, so there's like a <sighs> yeah, there's like it's well, she was basically she had this Irish priest when she was growing up, and she was trying to mimic how he said it. So he the way he didn't say Megan, and a lot of people say Megan, which I'm actually okay with, like Megan. You could spell Megan like seven different ways. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's no, I, I I remember I was at a I was at Starbucks with uh, a. With a Megan, uh, and then they she's like, "Oh my God!" They asked me how to spell my name. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Really?" I just I just say Sam's fine. Yeah, well, I'm like, who cares? Like, if you're, you know, like how your name is spelled. One one person spelled it M A G, and I'm like, Mag is not a name. <laughs> Meg. Like, you had this option in your brain when you heard something between Meg and Mag, and you chose Mag. <laughs> you are awesome. Him. <laughs> Him. <laughs> Vandal. So, um, I, I know that uh, you've always been into music. Um, when uh, you you actually introduced me to a lot of music, uh, you, uh, you, oh. you you remember I stole your Death Cab for Cutie. Well, I didn't oh, steal it, right. but I was like, you got me into them, and maybe a couple other bands I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've been uh, but you've been you've been actually doing music since then, right? Yeah, I've been making music. I started actually. Whoa. I, Oh, connection that of the apartment that we lived in. That's where I wrote my first song ever. I just realized that, like, I really. I want to kill my roommate. 
this sounds familiar. <laughs> no, no. And actually, that song sort of morphed over the years. And my band that is sort of on hiatus, uh, Faulkner Detectives, we turned that into a, like a band song, not just like a me playing guitar song. And it's it's like the one of the most popular songs. It's like the first song I ever wrote, and one of our, the most popular songs at our shows. Like people actually dance to it and stuff. Whereas like most of our other songs were really depressing and like <laughs> you know Smiths esque. Um, so, but then I've also yeah I've been doing the electronic uh, like this, like more darker the dark side of Meg. Um, how does how does the technology factor into? To just, I guess, music in general, but you know, specifically the music that you're doing. Uh, well, well, the electronica act—it's like all—it's all computer except for my vocals because, and I'll tell you for why. <laughs> it is so hard to have a band, especially in the city, because you have to rent space, you spend money on space, and then everyone's schedule is so intense. You know, like <clears throat> even Ruben that I introduced you to—you know—he's a drummer. He's a kid. He's like 23, and he still you know, would struggle to find time because he's like working, everyone's working their asses off yeah. in the city. So, you know, I was just, it was hard to get, for me and for everyone else to get things scheduled. So I was just like, I'm just gonna like make everything in the computer and myself <laughs> at like midnight, you know, in the dark. So, um, <clears throat> but it was a real learning curve. Like I had to learn how to use a program and then learning how to record vocals was hard <laughs> and then I figured that out so I actually feel like I know what I'm doing now but um, yeah it's uh, I really I really enjoy it I just need to be doing something you know like I'm, I'm sure that's where the stand-up came from you know it's like you just got to be doing something like well from yeah I mean that came about specifically because the the need to I mean like what you were saying about like bringing all these other like cooks into the kitchen yeah, yeah. that became exhausting for yeah. me in terms of you know film or, or mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and film theater. Is even more. Yeah, those. It's, even it's more. uh, it you know, come to a point where I love collaborating, but it's still a pain in the ass. Yeah. Even though you're collaborating with people that you respect and admire or yeah. want to work with, but yeah. it's it's a pain in the ass. Where it's and you know and for, I guess, what what stand up presented for me was uh, just streamlining all that. And even right. even this, even the podcast, just kind of streamlining yeah, all that yeah. and just um, you know, just yeah, I hate people. So just fuck them. <laughs> You're a misanthrope. <laughs> but you you uh, you brought up an interesting point in terms of like ev you know uh, everybody's constantly working and one yeah. thing that I've been uh, really considering in in terms of you know trying to create art specifically in New York is I feel like that's like the push and pull. I mean we're here in one of the most creative right. environments on the planet, but at the same time you know people work so hard. It's a catch twenty two. Yeah, and you're just you just drained yeah. you know and you're physically like you're just you you just spiritually drained in the sense of like you know paying bills and then you're mm. just like you have to exhale and then go and try to do something for yourself right yeah yeah and that took me a long time to learn how to do and like i've been so much mentally healthier <laughs> once i finally figured out how to like cordon off that part of my mind and say like no like job day job insane commute like you're not allowed in here like this is your my my space you know because the city can be very invasive like that you know there's just so many people everywhere all the time you know like you're just constantly around strangers and i feel like that's more spiritually draining than people realize you know like you're constantly around people you don't know and you will never see again you know for me it's like i think about that a lot on the subway <laughs> 
What, what, that, that you'll never see these people again? <laughs> yeah, well, that I'm like, you know, I'm just around, and I work, you know, I work by Bryant Park on Fifth Avenue, and it's, I'm, I mean, I can barely get to my job from the subway because the, the sidewalks are so full of people. And it's just, yeah, it's just like, there's so many people, and I'm around so many people that I'll, yeah, I'll never see again. It's just weird to me, like that you know it's so impersonal and that was really hard when I first moved to the city it was like there's so many people everywhere but I was alone you know like I knew one person when I moved here and that was very like depressing you know yeah I and then after a while I think that that I think the sink or swim aspect of New York is you can either right. keep keep putting that at arm's length or mm -hmm. you can embrace that like right. for me I like I like the idea that really? I can walk down Maybe not Fifth Avenue, but maybe Eighth <laughs> Avenue or Ninth yeah, Avenue, yeah. and I can be anonymous. But I'm still around. You know, right. there's still so many people around me. I wouldn't walk the same distance in, you know, no, like Kansas true. or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I yeah. like that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be around in Herald Square around like you know rush hour. Yeah, which but... is where I commute from. So. <laughs> <laughs> or well, I used to. Now it's Bryant Park. But yeah. Well, that, I mean, I think, and that really only started getting to me when I started doing the rush hour. Like, I got the 9 to 5 job. I started doing the 9 to 5 schedule in 2012. And just doing that rush hour commute um, <clears throat> every day for, you know, five days a week, it's it's very, like, it's a thing. You know, and people, oh, like, yeah. you know, like, people get angry all the time because everyone's tired. It's so tense, stressed. right? Yeah, like, yeah. you you have to brace yourself. Right, Like, yeah. you, whether you're going to work or you're coming home, yeah. you have to, like, yeah. I'm going to do this thing. <laughs> and then, like... And I'm not going to imagine, like, hitting anyone. You well, know? <laughs> you know what? The most depressing thing is, like, when you have to catch the train. Uh, like, for instance, in the times that, I, that I've had to, you know, go into the city at, like, that time of, like, you know, yeah. between, like, uh, I'd say like eight to like nine thirty yeah, in yeah. The, uh, Monday through Friday. Taking the L and just like you know the L oh. is just jam packed of like sardines and faces are smushed yes. and you're like, I'm not even getting on this train. Right? Like and then yeah. the I have to wait for the next one and yeah. then that just that like that energy just builds on you. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I know it's like Hulk. Hulk rage, you know? But then people get on the train and then it's just, they kind of lose their mind a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, <laughs> like you, somebody like catches an elbow and then like. Yeah, there, there's the feeling. Because I used to commute on the green line when I first started the 9 to 5 before I moved back to Brooklyn. And there is this feeling that at any moment shit could go down. You know, like if someone did something, like there's just that energy that. A fist fight could break, and I've witnessed fist fights break out on the sixth train. You know, like, so is there is it's that energy that like you know violence could happen at any moment. You know? So what do you? How do you recalibrate yourself? Like, what do you know say? Like, <laughs> you just drink vodka. Drinking. <laughs> now, I mean, yeah, recalibrating. I mean, that's something I'm trying to work on. Like, I I just focus on work when I get to work, and then I focus on eating <laughs> I mean you know we just sit there and watch TV and like decompress you know and that's that's like that's the hard thing about the nine to five is that you spend a lot of mental energy getting out of that mode you know yeah. and I for 
before 2012, you know, I was uh, always on the like freelancer schedule, you know, like I was just, or the like picking up part-time gigs were here and there. So I was hardly ever on the train during rush hour and I didn't mind taking the train at all. So, um, but then, you know, that the, the flip side of the like sort of loose schedule is that you don't have any security, you don't have, if you have health insurance, you're paying out the wazoo for it. Or at least I was before Obamacare came in. So I don't even, I don't even know if Obamacare is good or not. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, New York is just a weird, weird place. It can be very depressing, but also like, you think about leaving and you're like, what would I, what would I do in a suburb, you know, or whatever. I do. I mean, I think about, well, I don't think about the suburbs, but I think about, um, like going off in a distant place, you know. I yeah. w the places that I think about relocating are places that I've never been. Uh huh. So it, uh -huh. it's not even based in reality. Right, right. Like yeah. I thought about like going to Hawaii and like uh -huh. living in Hawaii, but then I, because you know, Magnum PI. But then I. <laughs> we th watched that. <laughs> We've been watching that on Netflix. But then I realized. Uh, then I actually like did research, which was right. maybe I should did that first. <laughs> like, there's no economy, and people yeah. get this thing called island fever. Oh, really? Because you're on an island. Yeah. And, you know, right. that's a new euphoria that if you've never been raised on an island, right. then you kind of get, like, yeah. you know, I'm on I'm, an island. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm stuck. I'm surrounded. But... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Hawaii is, like, one of those places that's so beautiful and it's so nice to visit, but I would never want to live in Hawaii. Yeah, a lot of people say that about New York, though. No, it's true. And I grew up in a place like that, too. I grew up in Florida, like southwest Florida, close to the beaches. So, you know, people are like, uh, for me, like, I would never move back to that area. It's a vacation area. Was your area closer, you know, Florida's actually the one, one of the few states that I haven't been. Oh, really? So is your area closer to Miami, or? <clears throat> it's such a massive state. So... Uh, like the you know that Tampa Bay area on the like west coast of Florida where it kind of goes in a little bit that's where that is and then you have to basically cross the state it's I can't remember how many hours it's a lot of hours from like Midwest <laughs> the Midwest coast of Florida down to the southern eastern coast of Florida where Miami is I think it's something like eight hours or something because you have to drive through the um, Everglades <laughs> um, and it's like not a direct route so you have to drive through swamp land basically um, were were alligators an issue for you growing up <laughs> that's all I picked because like, um, you know that's yeah that's my that's in, yeah, in no. my impression that you're right. having a barbecue and somebody's missing <laughs> someone's dog goes missing. <laughs> now I mean we were taught how to run away from an alligator which is to zigzag because they can't track you if you're zigzagging, and to like go up a tree. Um, I mean, if you're at, within a certain range, you're just screwed. If you know an alligator, like they're fast, you know. But um, yeah, they're really not a big issue in the populous areas, and you know, like if you're not near a swamp, it's not really a big. And I was never near a swamp, so I never really worried about it. What was your area? Okay, so I think of that, or I think of that that Charlize Theron movie, Monster. You ever oh. see that? <laughs> Where she just go around like, like do like hillbillies were raping her, and then she like just killed yeah, everybody. Just killed I was like, that's Florida. <laughs> or like my my boyfriend always jokes that like every episode, every other episode of Cops is in Florida. Yeah, that's somewhere. true. 
Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I, I actually grew up in a very nice area. Um, the, like, there's a sort of pocket of beaches and suburbs in Southwest Florida, near, like, Tampa and St. Pete and Sarasota. There's a lot of culture there, you know. There's, like, the largest Dali museum is in St. Pete, you know. There's, like, concert halls and orchestras and stuff. So it's an area where a lot of Northerners retire. So they bring their Northern culture with them. Um, so it's not all hillbillies, and I guess technically they'd be rednecks in Florida. But uh, it's so funny, I never saw a monster because I can't watch those kinds of movies. But I was like, when I read about it, I was like, of course it's in Florida. Of course <laughs> it's in Florida, you know? like. And it just does seem to be like full of serial killers, Florida. Florida, yeah, yeah, Florida. Well, Florida is just weird yeah, to me. It I is mean, weird. aside from being a, an enormous state, I mean, you've got yeah, you've got guys with like you know shotguns and their pickup trucks, right. and then you've got um, you've got the Cuban population, yeah, yeah. And you've got the retired you know Jewish people from New York, yeah, and then you got uh, you know people at the Spring Breakers, yeah, yeah, and then uh, you've got Miami, who's just that that's a completely different scene, yeah, um, yeah, it is. It's it's like hardly even Florida, Miami. It's like such a different, so different from the rest of Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I'm second generation Floridian, so it's Florida, like New York, is one of those places where if you meet someone that was born and raised there, it's like, oh, you're actually like Ruben is was born and raised in New York, and I feel like I don't meet that many people. Me neither. You know Florida. why is that? I th I have my theory, but why why do you think that is? <laughs> Well, you know, it's like Florida. It's a place where people visit a lot. It's a place where people are, like, that sort of glamorize in their minds, you know? People, like, you know, my boyfriend definitely does this, sort of glamorizes the idea of being in a place where it's warm all the time, which is actually terrible. <laughs> it's terrible not having seasons. It's terrible at being, like, 90 degrees eight months of the year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never felt like it was really Christmas. Yeah, I only have a small handful of friends that... Uh... That's the end of the story. No, I only have a small, <laughs> have a small handful of friends that are native New Yorkers. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, most of my friends are like me who, you know, moved, chose to move here. Yeah. I think a lot of it, uh, generally speaking, a lot of it, like most people who are born and raised in New York are always complaining about, like, I got to get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're an adult now. You would have left if you did. Right. I know. It's just a weird <laughs> dichotomy. Not everybody's yeah, like that, obviously. Yeah. Um, some of my really good friends are native New Yorkers, but. Yeah, it, I think there's that lack of curiosity, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, like for instance, if you ever had to host like people from out of state here, and they want to do certain things yeah. in New York, you're like, oh my god, are you no. fucking kidding me? I don't <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> no, well, yeah, you become uh, you fall in love with different aspects of New York than what most people like think about. You know, like well, like you want to just avoid tourists. You yeah, know, at all costs. that's my yeah exactly. Yeah. That's my yeah. modus operandi, yeah. my existence of living here. And then when people who are from out of town, I, I can see their how they view New York, and that like you know you see something on like you know the Food Network or something, and yeah. you want to you want to that's your that's your kaleidoscope. You want to experience those things yeah. cause to match what you have in your brain. But right. at the same time, like. Uh, that's not how most people that's the majority of people who live here right. don't live like that well it's like every movie is set in New York and almost every movie it's this highly like sanitized version of New York that like has you know 
10% of the people that are actually in here. So, like, you'll see a movie shot in New York, and there's, like, five people on the sidewalk, you know? And, like, it's really clean. Like, looks like a detergent commercial, you know? There's, no, think... there's no dog shit in there <laughs> Yeah, there's no one, like, begging for money, you know? Or, like, just randomly screaming at you, you know? <laughs> Uh, that's what I loved about 30 Rock. Like, she's just walking around and a guy spits some in her mouth. You know, like, he spit in my mouth. You know, like, yes, that is what it is, you know? Um, so, I've still never been to the Statue of Liberty. Ever. Me neither. I went, um, I think it was a, as a kid, I lived, I actually lived in New York as a kid, and oh. we went, at, we went into the field trip, but that's when they were doing reconstruction oh, on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I was just like, yeah. Oh well, that's yeah. and I didn't really care. I yeah, didn't. I don't really care about it. Yeah, did you know our birthdays are a day apart? <laughs> yeah, I did. Of course, I did. Yeah. I feel like we have this thing every every year. How do you like being a Leo? Leos are great. What are you talking about? Do, do what's your reaction when people say find that out? Uh, I don't know a lot of people that actually care about the Zodiac, honestly. So well, I didn't ask the people who are near and dear to you. I mean, people just kind of <laughs> find these things out and they. And they have reactions. Yeah, so like I find like oh my god, that that just that's just so much. I'm like what? So much? Well, apparently like Leos are supposed to be assholes. That's what I've been told. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've got I've got to break some news to you. No, no. Um, actually, most people are like think that have the impression I've gotten is they think. Well, I guess it's sort of the same thing. They think Leos are arrogant, like really arrogant. Okay, well. That's, but I mean, yeah, I guess that's, that's, the, an, that's, the, that's, the, that's the nice way of yeah, saying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think, you know, Leos, yeah, the the vanity, I'm def I definitely have to keep my vanity in check, you know. And it's not uh, pride of my looks, it's vanity, which is, do people think I look good? You know, like I'm worried about how, you know, it's, it's so it's, it's not. Uh, there's it's vanity in the other one. I don't know, there's a Simpsons gif set about it. <laughs> no, um, and there, we're supposed to be really dogmatic. So that's another thing that I. Am well, the uh, the whole vanity thing. I, I mean, doesn't that parlay more into? I mean, you're, I mean, you're a woman in the society. You can't help it, right? right. I mean, no. I mean, that's something. Yeah. No, like it's every true. every magazine brag that I that you yeah. pass, it's yeah. always you know women like women who are airbrushed who are yeah who yeah are just like. Yeah. Half naked and looking super awesome. <laughs> and, or even like, you know, speaking of commercials, like there were, you know, there's one commercial where these girls are just like having so much fun and they're like, you know, they're like elite model level and it's like right. for like zit cream. I'm like, right. Come but, on. And also, like, models don't have fun. Like, <laughs> models don't eat. Like, I, I've known a couple of people that were in that industry and it's so depressing and, like, stressful and no one's making any money, you know? Like, that's the whole like, And they're so insecure, thing. too. Like, I worked, uh, I worked a couple um, uh, fashion weeks as, uh, as like, uh, for catering. Oh. And yeah, so I became friends with some models and. Mm -hmm. They get shit on all day. Yes. Constantly. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, it's just like, you know, they you know they, they parade around with, like, yeah. a garment, and then they come back, and they're like, her shoulders are too wide. Yeah. Yeah, they, like... So just, they, I mean, even if you have the, a great, healthy self-esteem, think yeah. what that does to you all, like, hearing that all day. Constant objectification. Yeah. So either you, like, that either kind of seeps in, or you're just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Right. But all day saying, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really crappy because 
the average person looks at a model and thinks, oh, she thinks I'm better, she's better than me because she looks so great and, you know, all this. Meanwhile, the truth of the model's life is that she's, yeah, she's getting crapped on all day and being told how she looks wrong, you know, and that was my, one of my friends, you know, like she was just constantly being told, like, change this about your body, like, this is too big, this is too small, you know, and it's just like, there's only so much you can do, you know, <laughs> like, without surgery. So, yeah, yeah, that whole industry is so messed up, and like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I think it's a woman you just learn to, like, filter it out you know like it's a woman do you feel safe in new york no like absolutely not like i'm constantly on my guard you know and you you find you know you get like a vibe on certain places and i i understand that men sort of deal with this too on a certain level but um so you know like but yeah so you know even during the daytime i'm just sort of like you know, you're constantly sort of assessing at your office. <laughs> yeah, well, my office mate is a man, so no, I'm just kidding. Just constantly looking at him. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, like you know, if I'm at the office late at night and a man, I'm in low, alone in the elevator and a man comes in, I'm my back is straight. You know, like I'm like, okay, we'll just wait for this trip to be over. You know, like it's 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 really crappy that it has to be that way, but when, what is it, like, one in three women has been sexually assaulted, you know? Like, if we got two other women in this room here, chances are one of them has been attacked by a man, you know? Like, And then I would be that man. Like, <laughs> right? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> no, well, I mean, and that's the other thing is, like, it's really, for men and women, it messes up your relationships in a way. You have to sort of work around that, you know... Working around assaulting each other? <laughs> no. No, that you, as, as as a woman, you are suspecting every man. You know, obviously, I'm not suspecting you right now, but you're suspecting that's every a, strange man. You wouldn't be the first. That's <laughs> well, that's not even a good caveat when you say strange man. <laughs> well, I know, sometimes, like, I think about, like, the, you know, um, if I were, you know, if I, no matter how late it is, and when I go home, granted, I live, I live in Williamsburg, so I'm not really in the, there's no really huge threat of violence for me. Right. But I, I would never feel that um, my life would be in danger. Mm -hmm. And I could go home at like 3 in the morning or something. Right, and I could right. be enumerated or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But putting, taking that into context of like if I was a woman, I would yeah. think that, you know, that would be completely different. Well, you just, you would either like take the risk, you know, or you just wouldn't do it. And... I did a lot of, I was pretty safe, you know, like, there are, the, the statistics are that all that kind of violence happens, or most of it happens between 2 a.m. and 8 a.m. So I always made sure to be where I was going to be for the night before 2 a.m. Because statistically speaking, something was going to happen to me, but, you know, if I left after that. Like vampires. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. You're like, uh, yeah, sexual assault vampires. Um, so, yeah, and I mean, in my current neighborhood, I mean, I was talking to you about this, like, I came home, you know, late one night. I mean, not that late, it was like 9.30, and I didn't feel safe, you know? So it's like, cause, because of my particular neighborhood. So, and I mean, it's really the neighborhoods where there's no one around, which right. is where I yeah. live. It's like, if I have witnesses, I feel, you know, I lived in Hamilton Heights, Washington Heights, I would often come home after midnight in there and feel totally fine because those guys might catcall me, but they're not going to attack me. And if someone attacked me, 
chances are someone on the street would stop that person, you know, and I have... Right, because of, there, there's just a lot more human foot traffic. Yeah, yeah, there's more people. And I have a, several of my girl friends who lived in that area had stories of someone trying to harass them or attack them and another guy on the street, you know, basically stopping it, you know. So it's, uh, it's not, you know, it's dangerous feeling, but when you're alone, you know, on the street. So, so how would, um, so I, you, you've, you've been with your current boyfriend for, for how many, for how long? Six years. Okay. Wow. So that's, that's a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've been in a relationship for, not, for, it's, we're both in relationships, right? So yeah. I, so yeah. I, I, one thing that I was thinking about the other day is, uh, what would it be like to to date now, you know? And right, and, and like yeah. I think about not just me. Well, I, I think about that like how I would react and yeah, like the yeah. things that I would do. But yeah. just like as a woman, because I know because I didn't like <laughs> like like Tinder is a thing. I know Tinder is such a like. And look, I, I, obviously, I don't give a fuck what people do with their life. You can do whatever yeah. you want. I'm just it just. I feel like the old man who have like well, back in my day. Back in my yeah, I know. And it's just weird how. Um, I think for for like a woman, I'd be paranoid. I'd be so afraid of like oh, guys yeah. who are just like so just not not necessarily dangerous in terms of dating, just like just lame and weird. Weird, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like weird, yeah. <laughs> um, I I love that Tumblr. Um, is it like Tinder in Brooklyn or Brooklyn and Tinder? It's this woman goes through these like really weird like hipster boy like you know uh, Tinder profiles and like. You know, she, like, it's amazing how many of them, their profile picture is them, like, bloodied up somehow, like, trying to appear, I guess, really masculine. I don't know. Like, some really weird... Like, they just got into a fight? Yeah, like, they, someone punched them in the nose, and they took a picture of it, and that's their Tinder profile picture. Like, <laughs> so hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, like, it's a Halloween costume, and they have blood, you know, fake blood splattered on them. Like, she has, like, a tag, you know, blood splatter, you know, because there's so many of them. But yeah, I mean, I didn't even do online dating before, you know, six years ago. Like, I, I didn't even do it then. I mean, OkCupid existed then and stuff. Um, but I was just like, no way. There's no way I'm doing the online thing. Like, well, not like, even that. I mean, just like, you know, being courted by, right. by, by a guy, <laughs> yeah. you know? I just, because well, like something, like what I think about, like, could I disarm a girl? Like, maybe, <laughs> but I would, you know, it would just... <sighs> Right, yeah, no, there is, like, as a guy, you know, if... When I say disarm, I mean, like, no, charm. I no, don't mean, no, like, like <laughs> pin her down. That's what I meant, sorry. Could I get her gun off her? <laughs> her knife? You know, we all carry knives. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> Will you go out with me? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this how this works? Yeah. It's like, fan, no. You've been off the market yeah. too long. Yeah, take the foot off the throat. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I mean, my entire dating life, I've dated, almost always, dated someone that was a friend of a friend, you know, and my current boyfriend was a friend of a friend. So there was, like, you know, um, not as uh, <laughs> much of a... Sorry, I I got distracted by the microphone. It's so I, pretty. I moved, yeah. It's what? <laughs> it's pretty. It's, it's really pretty. It can be phallic, too, so... <laughs> That's why I got it. <laughs> right, of course, because you're trying to assert your masculinity. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. Yeah, if I had a date. And especially, you know, I'm 35. You know, like, 
I'm too old for that. You know, I feel like, I almost feel like I'd just be single until the the movie thing happened and I just happened to meet, like, a great person. But I don't plan on being single again, so. <laughs> so we're set, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... Now, um, you know, uh, speaking of that, 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 that correlated to my... Uh, you know the idea of marriage, and uh, mm-hmm. when you, um, you, I know you worked at, uh, you, you were the musical director for the the church near where we live, right? Yeah, I, at the church on Seventy Ninth and Broadway, I was the organist there. Were you? I, I think it may, have, I think we may have had this discussion then, but were you? Were you, did you grow up religious? Uh, well, my mom, to appease her very like staunchly Roman Catholic Polish father um we had a cate- we did catechism in the catholic church uh and so which means you have you take like a bunch of class sunday school classes and then you get your first holy communion and then after that you do like what's called confirmation but we stopped going to church after first holy communion so i never got confirmed which is too bad because then you get a second uh, or a third name like you get a really cool third name like what do you mean you uh pick like a saint's name when you're confirmed as like you know oh now i'm you know a new christian i don't really understand it because like, i never did it but <laughs> meg Wilhoy john paul <laughs> now like people will add it to their middle name or whatever so you choose like Teresa or maria or, oh. or catherine you know oh. some saint's name um but uh anyway so i mean i grew up when after we left the church my mom still like taught us about the Bible and stuff, but um, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a religious upbringing, um, necessarily, just sort of learning about the, you know, Christianity, you know, and like the faith. So, and it always sort of felt real to me, so. It did or didn't? It did. It did. Um, So, yeah. And actually being an organist, the choice to be an organist was actually like, not really related to my belief system. It was, I was studying piano and my Russian piano teacher in college was like, you'll make more money uh, playing the organ. So you should learn how to play the organ. And so I started taking lessons like the next week, you know, cause it was in the beginning of the semester. I think she was just trying to get rid of me, but, uh, um, and I loved it. I love playing the organ. So, and she's right. I made a lot more money as an organist than I would have as a church pianist. So why is that? Uh, it's just considered a, a higher skill set, and few of us can do it. Like, there's not that many organists out there that can actually really play the organ, like with the feet and know how to register the, you know, do the registrations and stuff like that. So, so I mean, what's your stance now, and and, and like, how did that correlate like your opinion of, of, uh, of Christianity and, and Catholicism? How did mm-hmm. that correlate into you know? being the music director. Being an organist, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, you know, and I don't know that I fully understand my own belief system. You know, I I definitely have beliefs. Uh, I actually do believe in Jesus, which I know is just going to make me seem really crazy. I don't believe in hate. I don't believe in, I like, I think people, like, Christ, people who call themselves Christians and then say, like, try to like make gay marriage illegal or you know hate on people who get abortions i'm like you're not a christian like i'm sorry like you can't read what jesus had to say about the world and people 
and spread hate. Like you're just not a Christian. But why? How does that happen though? Because the Bible gets so misconstrued. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and people kind of, you know, quote mine it for their own use. Yeah, so yeah. Often. They cherry Like, how does that happen? Well, I mean, people. It's just like the general. You know, people just want to be right. You know, like the human human nature is we want to be right about things. We want to seem smart. And, you know, you find this in other areas of life as well, you know, in work or, you know, like in any sort of line of work. You know, so you have these churches full of people who want to be right about something. So they find something that like a preacher says or they read in a book and they're like, well, the Bible, there's this one verse, so now I'm right about this, and now I'm going to just tell everyone how right I am, and I'm going to sound so smart, you know? Um, and I think that's really all it is, you know? It's, yeah. Is it, is it true in Florida that they banned the... Uh... I don't know the, if the that's notion, true. The notion, like, you can't use global warming, that, that term? I don't know if that's true. It wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if that actually was true. Uh, Florida is really full of really messed up people. I mean, this country is full of really messed up people, but somehow there's like less shame of being messed up in Florida. <laughs> like, I, I have, I'm still friends with a lot of my professors at FSU and they're going through a huge, you know, hullabaloo with, with uh, electing the, electing quote unquote, the new president of the college. I mean, that whole thing was rigged and it was really like, pretty dark you know and like open carry laws and stuff like you know so i mean it's just uh i think it's florida's maybe not any less any more messed up than any other state but it's yeah there is a sense that you can just sort of say whatever you want well look at uh, like the like indiana when they um a couple like a month or so ago when that legislator said uh, you know what? If you want to discriminate against gay people, right. that's, that's fine. Right. That's fine. Well, you know what's is. interesting? Um, I was talking to a uh, somebody in New York who who uh, who's an actor, and he's yeah. you know he's Catholic, and he's he said, look, you know, I, I know this is not popular, but I, I actually agree with that. Right. I, I don't hate. I don't hate gay people, but it's in the Bible, well, so he has every right to do that. And I was like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Well, Cath I mean, I shouldn't. I shouldn't uh, single out the Catholics, but Catholics especially are not encouraged to question anything, and they're not really encouraged to actually read the Bible. So all the knowledge... <laughs> that's, I know. a, that's, a, that's a good mixture of progression. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't... I hate to say that kind of generalized statement because, you know, there's there's exceptions to every rule, or, you know... Catholics are made up of a very diverse group of people, you know, Jew, like the Jewish faith is full of very diverse, you know, like, so I don't want to sound like I'm hating on Catholics, but, you know, there you find a lot of people who just are very dogmatic in that way, like the priest says this, you know, or the Pope says whatever, and then they're just like, oh, okay, that's true, and they don't really think, like, but why do I believe that, and is it really true, and, um... I don't know, there's nothing in the Bible that says, in modern day, that we should be legislating people who don't even have our beliefs, you know? Like, I don't, you know, I think there's things that, like, gr core things we can all agree on, like, killing people is bad, you know, stealing from people is bad, like that, I, you know, I feel like we don't have to give up those things in order to just let every, all the other things sort of go, you know? like. You know, I feel like people go into the Old Testament and pick out rules, 
you know, because this is where a lot, of, most of this is coming from. And they're like, let's turn this into a law. You can't get, you know, or, or let's, you know, prevent this becoming legal, you know, either way. You know, gay people can't get married, you know, and it's like, well, Christian or not, you know, like, who are, you know, it's just like, who are you as a Christian to legislate someone who maybe doesn't even share your belief system, you know? Like, right. They're American. Yeah. So, I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole core value of, of, you know, the United States was that diversity, that right, we are different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, exactly. And so... And the whole like nation under God and adding God and all, into all this like uh, nationalistic stuff that came about much later, like late 19th century, 1950s. That you know, like in these times of like, intense like nationalism, right, you know, yeah. like the founding fathers, you know, who were granted extremely flawed people. <laughs> um, there was no sense of it's the whole point is keeping religion out of the state, you know. So, I don't know. I don't. The whole like, it's really just depressing. <laughs> like, well, think about like where, where, how far we've progressed. 2015 to you know, like say like 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And if we go forward 100 years from from now, mm-hmm. they're gonna look back at this this time and say like, wow, they were just wasting their time. They're a bunch of idiots. Well, yeah. The thing is, is that I. Sometimes these kinds of like I, I agree that overall it's progressing, but like something I talked with my friend a lot about is how in the 1920s, for women at least, there it was a lot more progressive then, even in some ways that it is now. You know, World War II came along, and as often happens in times of national distress and war, everyone turned to these like con- hyper conservative values. So actually, like. The, the strides that were being made and the views of women in like if you read old newspapers from the 20s and 30s in some ways it's just as progressive if not more than it is now because we're dealing with all these like we keep getting pulled back to this super like hyper hyper white supremacist patriarchal view you know like this country is constantly like trying to break out of that and then getting pulled back into it you know and I think uh, I hope in a hundred years they, we whoever <laughs> in their space pods look back at us in their flying cars. They're flying around, giving us the, the alien middle finger, like you guys. They're, they're jetpacks, you know. Well, the thing that 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 is so uh, frustrating for me is I feel like any time there there could potentially be any kind of progress in our in our in our society or in our world, there's always going to be forces to latch on to the old way. Right, right. And so, whether it's their own morals or, more importantly, their economic uh, threshold. Right. You know, when you think about, like, our dependence on oil or, you yeah. know, why don't we, why don't we, you know, fix the roads and things like that? Well, <laughs> yeah. there's there's a movement that says yeah this makes sense we we don't we don't need oil or you know let's let's right. let's clean up the environment and then there's other there's there's another faction who are making billions of extremely rich white men right who are saying <laughs> who are saying uh, wait a minute. No, no, no. We uh, like our power and our money. <laughs> I'm making like eighty billion dollars from this. Are you fucking kidding right, me? I'm right, right. Gonna... I'm I'm profiting off of you know strife in the Middle East. I'm profiting off of killing our planet. You know, I'm profiting off of 
the subjugation of the American people, you know? Like, or, like, you think of, like, like Monsanto or yeah, like, yeah. things like that, or you yeah. think of, like, oh, God, all right, let's just kill ourselves right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can just, I feel myself just, like, every fiber of my being just being like, oh, my gosh, like, stop the world, I want to get off, you know? But I do, no, I, I, I do that, and I go to these places uh, that aren't, that are very positive, but but what I do, you know, despite all this, is that I do pull myself up and say, you have a choice to to look at things negatively right. and embrace them, <laughs> or you can you can try to pick out things that are positive yeah. and say, hey, look, yeah, it's not all bad. Right, right. I mean, regardless, if if somebody spits in my mouth, <laughs> somebody spit in my mouth, I can look at that as positive or negative. That's right. not going to change the fact. Right. And yeah, I think. So all these things, a lot of it, you know, you or I don't really have um, much control in terms of changing that, yeah, like yeah. today or this week. Um, but we can, we have to live our lives. Right. So it's really about perspective, right? Yeah. How are we going to live our lives? How are we going to, um, you yeah, know, induce true. those kind of changes within us? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. And yeah, I try not to get too frustrated with my feeling of impotence, <laughs> you know, like, um, like and, I, and I do, I just have to limit my t exposure to, like, the media and stuff, you know, I just, sometimes I just have to not read about these things, you know, like. Well, sometimes it gets just, it just gets too much, it just, yeah. it's overkill and just repeating things and just yeah. like, well, right, and I'm it. not cool with looking at images of people being murdered, and that's been in the media a lot, and I, you know, a lot of black people especially have been, like, stop televising our lynching you know like and i mean that's basically it's modern day lynching you know and we're like watching it on the news but it's like justified by like well it's the news and i have to watch this person's spine getting crushed or this person getting shot well, in the back you know because we we uh we're inundated with so much information and because we can share it so quickly and so easily yeah this information gets essentialized and it gets pounded yeah very over and over and over again and then it goes away yeah yeah no it's true and i mean i think people not enough people realize i mean i was such in a small sector of the media when i was a blogger you know but you sort of do get you start kind of see what it's like from that side of things you know applying to jobs or like seeing what they want out of you as a content writer or you know publicist or whatever which is another thing that i was trying for a while and not enough people realize that it's, you know, it's a job for people. Like, they need to get a certain amount of viewership. They need to, you know, have a certain amount of notoriety to keep their job because it's very hard to get paid to be in the media nowadays, to be paid to actually be a reporter or a journalist or a writer or whatever. Like, they'll pay the people to market it but, and, you know, keep the site running, but it's very hard to get paid as a writer. And so you have this pressure on you of of being a sensationalistic yeah. clickbait person, yep. you know. And then source, and then like, and it's, yeah, I, 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 you know, things aren't fat checked. Yeah, and oh. things are, and just letting things fly. Yeah, I mean, it's the the like quality of <laughs> the media is just like plummeted, and yeah, people are like, oh, it's the news, it's the New York Times, you know, or whatever. Like, I this is this is fact, you know. Brian Williams said it. It must be true. I know, and I'm like, come on, you know, like. The New York Times, whatever. Someone, what does someone say? Like, because you know it was called, or I guess it is called the Gray Lady. It's like the the nickname for the New York Times. 
maybe I guess because really? newspaper is great. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, and I have a few friends that like were in the journalism world, and they they just did like a screen grab of like the front page of the digital, you know. Um, or it was like all the writers of that, the columns in that like edition of the newspaper. It was all white men, <laughs> and they were like, instead of the gray lady, we should call this newspaper the white man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you'll sell a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, but I yeah, it's it's kind of frightening how you know to see people taking in the media and the you know newspapers and you know magazines and all that and like treating it as this, you know, authoritative thing. It's it's almost like fast food, you know? <laughs> people are just, like, gobbling up, yeah, and then they're, they're, like, empty calories. Yeah. Like, I remember, was it was this, was it last week when they had that, uh, Diane Sawyer did the uh, that two-hour interview with Bruce Jenner? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, okay, on one side, it's like, I'm glad that he has a platform for two hours that he can speak about right, that, and, right. and at least some people can see that and identify and say, oh, that's, you yeah. know. But there's another side of me, and this is, like, because I'm with the aliens and the spaceship in, in 20, <laughs> 2047, I'm like, nobody should give a shit about this. Right, right. He's, yeah. He wants to, be like, surgically become a woman. I, who, I, I don't mean, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, right, he no, can I die. Know. I mean, it respectfully. Be an issue. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm not, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm going to make a peanut butter sandwich. Nobody <laughs> should give a shit about that. Just like nobody should give a shit about him. Yeah. doing this yeah no it's true and I think you know I think we have to get to the place where it's okay where kids I mean and I think that's the positive thing about interview is you know maybe some teenager will see that and not kill themselves you know like the the suicide rate and the bullying rate in you know trans and queer kids I mean it's really it's bad <laughs> you know it's serious it's a real plague you know so but I think that's the one. The thing about sexuality, I think, has progressed in terms of, you know, um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, in the '80s, you could say, you could like, oh, look at that faggot, right? And right. It obviously, it was derogatory. But I don't. I'm pretty sure kids aren't doing that now. Well, yeah. Like Ed, Ed, Eddie Murphy in his. Uh, I remember I was a huge Eddie Murphy fan, and uh, his comedy album. He had a song. He had like a little like yeah, a song yeah. bit. It was just called "Hey Faggot," well, and then he, "Hey Faggot Part Two. Right. Like there was more faggot that he 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 couldn't get in, into like part one. Right, right. Yeah, he needed another one. Well, and you watch movies from the eighties and uh, like in uh, what was it based? No, what was that one with Glenn Close and Michael Douglas? Oh, Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. And she uses that word, you know, like in the tape where she's harassing him. You know, I bet you don't even like girls. You know. <laughs> um, I think what kids are doing today is actually far more dangerous because of kids on the internet. <laughs> oh, the cyberbullying and yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, mean, and it's insane. Like, my sister runs this, uh, she runs it under a persona uh, blog um, that a lot of younger people frequent because of the topic. And um, the, I mean, she's, you know, she's a year younger than me. Like, she's a 34-year-old woman very confident in herself and it doesn't bother her but the amount of like vitriol and like you know you're a terrible person like she gets in her inbox for just for that one blog 
because it deals with a lot of like queer issues and stuff. And, and the people who are the people typically giving her negative comments are their parents or kids? well, they're I mean a lot of them are other kids, you know, but a lot of them because she I think she's turned it off now. I don't know why anyone in Tumblr keeps this on, but you can have the anonymous ask. So you can just ask or send a comment to someone on Tumblr anonymously. You know, you don't have to sign up or anything. Or you don't have to disclose, like, who you are. I mean, you can you can extrapolate IP addresses and stuff like that, but that's, like, the back end. Yeah, I mean, most... <laughs> most people like, don't... Most, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, you're anonymously spewing hate at a person on Tumblr, basically. This is, like, this is rampant, you know, like, how this happens. And, I mean, it's, like... I, I follow this blog tumblr blog called medieval poc and she goes through medieval art and says you know the, the whole thing is like oh uh, people of color didn't exist in western europe in the medieval era you know like they just weren't around you know like black people hadn't been invented yet <laughs> in the lab um, right yeah exactly and she goes through and says like no you're you're wrong you know and here's all these medieval artworks that depicts asian people and african people in these western european countries They've just been cropped out or, you know, literally whitewashed in your history te textbooks. Like, your textbooks are basically white supremacists. And she has, like, she's just like, I can't, I've lost count of the amount of death threats I've received just for running, just for posting pictures like artworks that it oh, just just to be clear this is a different blog yeah this is a different okay. yeah this is different from my sister's blog my sister's is more sort of pop culture -y. but that's the thing like so but that's a that's a that's the thing that that annoys me about the the, the internet is that you it can be anonymous yeah it's, that's so cowardly i, I mean know, if you're gonna yeah. call me a jerk yeah. then... but uh i i mean it's like i've seen and i've some of the people on tumblr i follow are you know they're queer or bi or trans or whatever and they'll reblog some of the the asks that they get in their inbox, and it's just like you know, why don't you kill yourself? You know, like you, you're gross. You know, like how can you be this way? But what is that? Is that just kids trolling and just like wanting to like just like smack somebody? Because why would you go to that particular blog, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't, I don't give a shit about hot rod cars. Right. What the fuck am I going into like a forum about that? Well, you know, and it's it's why uh, why does lynching happen? happen you know why uh why are white cops killing black people left right and center like why do trans women get murdered on a daily basis you know like why are women attacked you know like why do people do hateful things is essentially the question you know um if you don't if you uh don't like women don't marry them and then beat the shit out of them you know like it's you know why why go to a blog about queer people and then send hate you know like why what this why does anyone do anything hateful like that it's because you know they're deeply unhappy <laughs> yeah but i think because of the internet it's so it's so non-personal yeah like you yeah. would though those people would never ever say that face to face to, to somebody right. oh i would hope so i mean i i think that sometimes that does happen face to face like i think the the like uh the the struggles that a lot of queer kids go through you know we just don't see it and they don't talk about it and they internalize it and then they commit suicide, you know? So here, so here's my question. The people that are like, like you know, go on these sites and just like, oh, kill yourself or whatever. Yeah. Is that, does that give the, are they allowed that, that outlet so then they can function in their 
in their life or is that just a faucet that they turn on and then they're constantly redlining and then that's how they are in their actual life you mean the people that are spewing the hate You're right yeah um it's a good question i mean you know there was this really interesting exchange that my mom forwarded me uh it was this twitter exchange between this black woman and this white teenage boy and he's like black history month is dumb black people are dumb blah 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 and she responds and is like you know uh why do you think that you know what was he, the context i mean why, was, did, why did he pick your mom out to... oh no i'm sorry yeah no my mom just forwarded me this story oh, this okay, was okay. um this was he she, he like tagged it you know he did the hashtag thing mm -hmm. of like you know black history month whatever so and the kid was white he uh he was, what do you mean? Sorry, I, I just forgot what, how you set it up. You oh, said... no, no, yeah. So the situation basically was, it was, it, the scene is Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's February. <laughs> um, our two players are a mother of two uh, black female and a teenage white boy. Okay, got it. He posts something derogatory on Twitter about black people and hashtags it. And I'm clear that this woman, I think she was a journalist or something was keeping track of this particular hashtag about Black History Month, you know, uh, to like see what people were saying. And so she comes across this kid's like hate tweet, essentially, and starts interacting with him. Like, why, why would you say that? And he just will, would just say something derogatory back to her. Um, and then she tweeted him like pictures of, you know, like the civil rights movement, like, you know, people getting beaten in the street and stuff for marching on, you know. And he would just tweet hate back. And, you know, this went back and forth where she was just basically trying to educate him and get at the root of why he was so hateful towards black people. And he finally, she was just like, you know, one of her tweets was like, you know, listen, people, I'm a mother of two children. You know, he's he can't uh, outlast my love or something like that. She's like, I have enough love to give this kid until we can get to the bottom of this. Was he trying to make any points or is he like is he, no no he, he was, was just saying like juvenile just, like yeah he was just saying really juvenile hateful derogatory stuff what would you have done in her situation i would i don't think i, I think i would have stopped engaging with him which was i i, I realize is not a great thing because basically the end of that story is she's like why are you saying these things and he's like well i uh, she was she was like does your mother know you're saying these things and he says my mother died last year and she's like, oh, I'm really sorry, you know? And he was like, yeah, my, it's been really hard. And my therapist told me to get an, uh, you know, have an outlet where I can say whatever's on my mind. And she was like, oh, I, I understand that it can be, I'm sure you're in a lot of pain. And he was like, you're so nice. I'm so sorry I said all those things to you, you know? And she was, she was like, it's okay. People who are in pain do really shitty things. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like a complete 180 with this kid where he was like, I'm just hurting and I'm lashing out at someone, you know? Right. And that's, I mean, for me, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like these people must be like deeply unhappy to be doing that, to just like spew hate at a stranger for no reason, you know? Right, but on the flip side of that, um she's not responsible for him i mean she what she did was very very saintly right and that's admirable okay so from my in, in my personal life cue the 
to the Michael Bolton, uh, <laughs> who I met the other day. I know. Yeah, he's, he's, he was, that. He's very nice. He's, very nice man. Very, very nice grip on his hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I used to deal with negativity head on just like her. Right. But right. probably different, like more... Like, rah, like yeah. just like you want to come back, come at, yeah, exactly. Like it, on a personal level, though. Like right. if you were to say, um, I don't know. Like if we're, um, if we had an argument, or if you did something that I didn't like, then mm-hmm. I'm coming back at you the same manner. Everything's supercharged. Right. right. And I learned that, for me, that's an incredible waste of time because I'm not <laughs> responsible for your happiness. No. I'm not like no matter who you are to me, you 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 are you, and I can't pose to to know what you're going through, or your journey or anything. Right. So if you, if I say hi to you and you just kind of like shrug, like oh my god, make make hates me. She must <laughs> she must think I'm an asshole. Maybe it has nothing to do with me, and that's out of respect. Yeah. So I I've adopted that in in that context of, so and, and actually in my real life something you know there was a there was a situation where. Actually, now that I think about it, well, a lot of people have just like been pissed off at me. But anyway, <laughs> who, where they've like like just sent me thunderbolts of negativity, uh-huh. and I've just kind of sidestepped it. Right. Not just kind of like right. I'm like, I'm not going to deal with this right. because I actually broke it down for me. I mean, this is just for me. It's like if I reply, if I give this any kind of fuel. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I could be doing a thousand other things, but more importantly, I could call somebody that I really do like, or I could text yeah, somebody yeah. that is actually my friend, is not mad at me. Right. So I'm re- I'm gonna do that. Right. And that will not get resolved. So yeah. I'm just like that will just be a mystery, and yeah. that's m- my ego <laughs> flying away. Well, I'll I, the difference I see in those two situations, like the woman with the boy and the people spewing, you know, throwing negativity at you. For her, she did not respond in kind. You know, she did not say, uh, white people are dumb. You know, she basically was very, very patient and gracious through this whole thing. And it wasn't about her. It was about this, it was about Black History Month. And so I think what you, I, f- I feel like what you were saying, these, this negativity on the one side with you, it was very much directed at you personally. You know, it was like hate directed at you personally. Whereas this kid was directing hate at a cause or a, a you know, a, the, the civil rights movement, essentially, you know. And I think she saw it as her, that and in society we are responsible to each other in a way to take hold of what they call those teachable moments and mm-hmm. interact with someone, you know, about something, you know. And, and I totally am with you on that, and I am the same way. Like, if someone is sending hate my way directly, like, about me, I'm just like, fine, you know, that's feel that way about me if you want, but I'm not going to, like, fuel your fire, you know. Like, that's something for you to deal with. But if someone came at me and said, uh women are inherently dumb you know like why why do we have to have a women's history month they never are you reading my twitter feed (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm just gonna let that go man but uh you know and i'm gonna take this teachable moment and (laughs) him him (laughs) oh man yeah okay so in that case uh i just want to be mindful of the time oh yeah okay so in, in that case um does it matter if it's anonymous? Like she didn't know him. Like what if it was? But what if it was a conversation that you had um, with somebody that you knew, regardless? Right. But right. you know this person. Yeah. 
would you say would you would you engage in that and in that aspect if it's if it's about ideas and not not uh yeah uh, I, I mean it depends on the person you know i always i would always assess, assess the situation but i've definitely had those conversations with people a lot you know like um about different issues that i feel strongly about and i you know it's hard not to get you know like super emotional about it but you know when it's something that I feel strongly about I don't actually get into a lot of those conversations anymore because I'm just at work sitting at a desk all day. <laughs> <laughs> well also too like you were saying before I think a lot of people want to be right yeah. and they it, yeah. everything a lot of things that they say get are just so emotionally charged yeah. and yeah. I think as you get older you kind of recognize those situations and it's up to you if you want to yeah. you know plunge ahead and say like I'm gonna let's let's do this yeah or for me in this case I'm just gonna be like yeah okay whatever yeah. if, if you say so right, right I'm not here to I'm not here well, to sway you I'm not here to change your mind and sometimes your silence you know can plant that seed like one's silence on something or one's like clear you know it's you're not saying anything, but you're probably making it clear, like, you're not going to engage in that. Like, sometimes that's planting a seed, you know, so you never know. Like, for me, it's like, you know, I'm not there to make the person think differently or change their mood, you know, like, if I'm not there to make them not angry anymore. But it's like, if you can plant a seed or at least make them at some point after their anger is over, like, think maybe slightly differently about that, you know, like, I feel like that's worth it, but... I feel kind of like a hypocrite talking about this because, like I said, I've it's you know I used to have a lot of those conversations like in college or at parties and stuff, but I don't go to parties. <laughs> like I don't have a life anymore, oh, so I don't really don't need to talk to anyone ever. So. Well, see, see, that's how like, and but that's the point of life. You know, your life changes, right? Yeah. And so your situation changes. Yeah. And it's one thing that I, you know, we were talking about before about you know, leaving New York is like my life has changed. My, the way I view the world has changed. Yeah, like I, I, yeah. I'm not even the same person I was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that, that was, that kind of was the, the, um, that was kind of like when I was unpacking the box of, of, you know, to stay or, or to not stay that that's, that's just one component of, but it's really about the mind, your, your mindset. If you're yeah. unhappy, you're going to be unhappy no matter where you right, are. Right, right. And yeah. it's really about the choice of what you want to be. Yeah. yeah. So before we run out of time, one thing I always ask, oh, yeah. I guess, is uh, what is happiness to you? Oh, what is happiness to me? Um, like my personal happiness or just the idea how, uh, however I want to answer yeah however question. you want to answer right. I don't want to pigeonhole you however um, you want to answer that I mean I think I probably hmm, happiness yeah that's a tricky one um there I'm very <laughs> you're like wrong okay, okay, okay. I mean for me I'm happiest probably when I'm uh, like when I'm creating you know like I'm sort of that's when I sort of know who I am and what I'm doing and, uh, you know, I'm writing music or writing words or whatever, you know. Um, I guess, yeah, that sort of happiness is is knowing yourself. And that's actually much, much harder, at least it has been for me, than you would think, you know, like to know who you are and where, what your origin is and like who you are uh, as much as possible separate from other people you know i mean none of us are raised in a vacuum but or live in a vacuum but you know who you who you really are you know and when i'm 
writing music or words or whatever, like, I feel like that's when I know for sure, you know, like, oh, this is who I am. So, I mean, you know, we're just, like, having fun. <laughs> and vodka. Right, yeah. I think that was the answer you were looking for, so I'll just say no. happiness is a screwdriver. <laughs> no, I, I feel this, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, there was a lot of time uh, in my life where, you know, I was just kind of saying, you know, gosh, I'm, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, however old I was at the time, I'm yeah. 31 or 33. I, I, I don't know who I am. Like, right. What am I doing? Like, right. I'm just, I, I'm just gonna shelve that. Uh, I'm just gonna concentrate on, basically, addressing my ambition rather right. than addressing my happiness. Right. And right. so that's an aspect too that's changed with me. Yeah. I'm a completely different person. You don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> Um, Meg, thanks for coming in. Thank, Thank you for you doing this. Thank you for uh, having me and talking about these heavy topics. Oh, it's not heavy. It's heavy, uh, yeah. Uh, but don't you feel good? Don't you feel good hanging out? Yeah, it's nice to see you, your smiling face again. <laughs> I've missed it. Where can uh, what's uh, where can people fo uh, follow you on Twitter? Uh, it's it's just my name at Meg Wilhoit. So, a little, little more enthusiasm, jeez! Like, <laughs> please help yeah. me. No, please. you're like, you're like, jeez! Why are you fucking asking me this <laughs> no, shit? No, <laughs> no, it's because I have a weird last name, and no one's gonna. I love your name. Really? Yeah, Meg. It's so. It's the one. It, I've never said this. <laughs> I'll say this now. Okay, all right. As we, this will be, and this is actually this a good way it. to say it. Your name is 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 the the first and last name together is one of my favorite. It's just it's just complete. <laughs> nice. Wow, thank you. Meg Wilhoit. That's awesome. Megan, uh, actually, Megan Wilhoit. Well, actually, either one of them. It, it, <laughs> the last name and the first name just kind of go together wow. so well. Wow, thank Wilhoit. you. It's just, it's like a, it reminds me of like a, like a whistle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was like a lot of, yeah. But I can't whistle, so that's good. Oh. Um, thank you. Uh, everybody thank listening, you. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, Bodhisattva, go out and do good in the world. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to my conversation with Meg Wilhoit. You can follow her on Twitter, at Meg Wilhoit. Her website is megwilhoit.com. And her music uh, for Death of Codes is uh, on SoundCloud. You can, uh, you can download all her music from there and listen to it. And I'm going to leave you with another uh, beautiful song from uh, Death of Codes. This one is Ghosty. Take care, everybody. <laughs>